The St. Louis Cardinals are reportedly interested in an extension with former MVP Paul Goldschmidt. The coaching staff is complete for the 2024 season, plus reaction to the Shohei Otani signing and deferrals on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube if you're looking for visuals for this show. Sometimes we throw up some fun pictures, and uh, obviously I got my Christmas uh, decor going on here. Uh, have had that up for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now, actually. But anyway, you can see all of this and more by uh, coming on over to YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, interact with us, hit the notification button so you know when a new episode is posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Uh, biggest news in St. Louis on this uh, Wednesday. The uh, 13th is that Craig Berube fired as the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we don't have anything quite that crazy going on here. No, Ali Marmel has not been fired. Uh, it is now, I think he's the most, I think I saw he's the most tenured uh, head coach in St. Louis right now, which is crazy to think about. But who had that happening? That Craig Berube would be fired before Ali Marmol was gone after what we just saw last year. So kind of crazy, but um, I guess we shouldn't see, we, we, sh we shouldn't have expected something like that because the Cardinals, they're a pretty predictable franchise for the most part. I, I think you would agree with that. I mean, sure. Sometimes they'll catch us off guard and surprise us with a couple of moves. Uh, the Nolan Arenado trade was something that caught me off guard because uh, remember they went through it where they, where they tried to get them that previous season. It fell through. All of us got our hopes up. We were all excited about maybe Nolan Arenado coming over. And then whispers started coming around again about them trying to get him in that following year. And I think a lot of us were like, stop, stop, not going to happen. You fooled us last year, not falling for it again. And then boom, it was done. All of a sudden, Nolan Arenado got traded from the Rockies to the Cardinals. But for the most part, I think we've got a pretty good idea uh, of what they're thinking. I think we've got our hand on the pulse of what the St. Louis Cardinals are. Uh, it wasn't a shocking discovery that they wanted to sign Sonny Gray. Obviously, it's a big move. Finished second in the Cy Young voting in the American League last year. That's a big deal. But it wasn't shocking that they made him a priority signing this offseason. We all felt that Sonny Gray was a good fit, that he just had Cardinal written all over him. He's their type of guy. He's their kind of person, their type of player that fit within their payroll right now. Uh, so to hear that the team is interested in extending Paul Goldschmidt it really shouldn't come as much of a surprise to anybody. It certainly does not come as a surprise to me at all. It's a very Cardinals type of move. Uh, multiple places have got reports that the Cardinals are willing to discuss an extension with Goldie as he enters the final year of that five-year, $130 million contract. Uh, in 2022, he was the surprise winner of the National League MVP. Not a surprise that he won it in the end, but a surprise that he was even a candidate. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, but he had a monster year. Hits 317, 
35 home runs, 115 ribbies, leads the NL in slugging, OPS, and OPS plus at the age of 34. I, I don't think a lot of us were going into the year going, that Paul Goldschmidt is a candidate for MVP. I think we felt that uh, about Nolan Arnato. I don't think we were thinking Goldie was going to be up there with him. But then last year happens, and the numbers dip. You know, he falls to a 268 batting average. The power drops down to 25 home runs. The RBIs fall to 80 RBIs. The OBP, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, all of it comes crashing down a bit. Now, regression was expected. I don't think any of us thought he would put up the same numbers he did in his MVP year. That was just kind of a, a, an amazing year for Paul Goldschmidt. But I also think that the numbers dropped a bit further than most of us expected as well. Um, but then again, the OPS plus, when you go back and look at it from last year, still 120. Okay. So it's not like Paul Goldschmidt all of a sudden became some terrible player and he's some awful hitter and he just, he looked brutal last year. That's really not what the case was. It just wasn't what we saw in 2022. And for a multitude of reasons, the team as a whole had just had a bad season last year. And it it felt like a sinking ship for most of the year. And then it finally went down completely by the trade deadline. And to perform in that kind of environment, I don't think it's very easy. Not that I've ever had to be in that situation before, but I've been at, in workplaces where just team morale of the people around me, not great. A lot of negativity going on, and uh, it, it's just going to suck the life out of you, and it's going to bring you down. And I'm genuinely a positive guy, so I, I would expect Paul Goldschmidt to be better next season. I would expect his overall numbers to be better. I'm not saying MVP 2022 caliber better, but better than they were last year. I would expect something more of like a 280 batting average, uh, a little bit closer to 30 home runs, although 25 I'm not, I don't have a problem with, but between 90 and 100 RBI, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and remember this as well, when it comes to talking about Paul Goldschmidt becoming um, you know, or getting an extension, if that's something that's going to happen, which, you know, feels like it's headed in that direction. The Cardinals don't really have a first baseman in waiting to take over for Goldie if he didn't come back after 2023. Or I should say 2024 now. Uh, if he didn't come back, you know, we did see what Luke and Baker did at AAA last year. Monster year, 334, 33 bombs, uh, 98 RBIs, OPS 1.159, just sick stuff. But the way they handled him after he was called up last year, it just did not strike me as the way a franchise would handle somebody that they think could be their future first baseman. All right. It just didn't come off that way to me that he was the guy they feel is like going to be the next guy up at first base. Now, some have suggested that uh, Jordan Walker should be the next first baseman after his struggles in the outfield last year. But I pointed out before that, uh, First off, learning to play outfield at any point in your career is probably not an easy thing to do. To do it at the major league level is crazy hard, and to do it at his age of 21 is even more ridiculous. And that's what he was trying to do last year. Learn how to play the outfield at the major league level at his age. Okay? Not easy. Second, you've got his size, 6'6". You've got his speed. We know we can run. Athleticism. He's got a cannon for an arm. That is an ideal candidate to play outfield. Very 
Jason Hayward like. I'm not saying he is Jason Hayward in the outfield. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about like kind of the size and the the athleticism that he offers. That's kind of what like Jason Hayward looks like in right field for the Dodgers now, you know? A lot of that skill set would be, in my opinion, a bit of a waste if you stuck him over at first base. Sure, he could feel ground balls, but when is the arm going to come into play? When does the the speed that he offers come into play? It just really wouldn't. Nice to have a six foot six first baseman over there to throw to. As a former shortstop, we love those big targets over at first base. But um, at this point, I don't think it's something they should be doing by putting him at first base. Now, in a couple of years, let's say Goldie signs a, a two-year extension on top of what he's got left this year. So he's around for two to three more years. And if the Walker in the outfield project, ha- it hasn't worked by that point, obviously there's good. that's an issue. There's something going on there. And a move to first base, sure, I would welcome it then if that's where we're at. But I see why the team wants him in the outfield. And let's be honest, there's nowhere to go but up <laughs> because it was rough out there for him last year. Although we saw signs of him becoming a, a better outfielder as the season progressed. But it was really rough going there early on. And uh, he got a lot of criticism for it. And, it. and it cost his pitching staff a lot of runs. And he's got to be better next year. No two ways about it. As far as when something could happen, Derek Gould at stltoday.com wrote that the Cardinals will approach Goldie at some point this offseason and hope to have a conversation about an extension, prompting what could be negotiations closer to spring training and then a deal that comes before the start of the season. The preference is to do it before the start, like they have with Miles Michaelis and others. They do not expect it to be a contentious negotiation. Neither side does. The Cardinals believe they'll find a way to extend Goldschmidt through his final season and Goldschmidt has said that he does not plan on playing into his 40s like Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina did. Again, it's a very cardinal move. It's a very safe move. They trust Goldie. He takes very good care of himself. He doesn't get hurt very often. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. Everybody loves him. It makes sense. Now, if you had somebody like immediately waiting, some superstar who's ready to explode on the scene at first base, Maybe I'd feel a little bit different about that, but I don't. I I think this is probably a smart move. Like, you just don't let guys like Paul Goldschmidt just walk away. You just don't do that. Um, The team also shored up their coaching staff for the 2024 season. So we're going to talk about that and the Shohei Otani deal, the deferrals. My goodness, people lost their minds the other day when this came out. Uh, We're going to talk about that and more coming up on Lockdown Cardinals. But as far as the Goldschmidt stuff goes down, let me know in the comments in the section below. Uh, what you feel about extending Paul Goldschmidt for a two- or three-year deal uh, to keep him on with the Cardinals. You like it? You don't like it? What do you want? What do you What do you guys think is a good idea? Let me hear from you down below. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, Now's the time to get in on it. The app is easy to use. So many different ways that you can place bets to make watching sports even that much more fun for you. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. Uh, Talking about the NFL, quarterback injuries have been crazy in the National Football League this year. Like, just look at some of these matches. We'll start with Thursday night. Thursday night football, just this week. Chargers, 
going to be without Justin Herbert at quarterback. He's done for the year with the fractured finger at the Las Vegas Raiders. So your quarterback matchup on Thursday night is Easton Stick. No, I didn't make that name up. That is the starting quarterback for the Chargers against Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. Raiders are favored by three. We've got Saturday games this week. How about the immortal matchup between Nick Mullins and the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals and their starting quarterback, Jake Browning. Nobody saw that one coming, did they? Bengals favored by three. Browning's look pretty good. Uh, the Steelers, they got Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback against the Gardner Minshew-led Indianapolis Colts. Indy favored by two and a half. So, I mean, right there, you've got six NFL teams who don't have their normal starting quarterback playing right now. Uh, the other Saturday game is the uh, Broncos, who are surprising now 7-6. and six. Remember how bad they were? Remember when the Dolphins scored like 90 points against them? And now the Broncos are 7-6. and six. Awful start. And now here they are. And they're going to be on the road against the Detroit Lions, who had that great start and have been stumbling a little bit in recent weeks. So a lot of fun games, a lot of intriguing matchups to get into. So uh, do yourself a solid. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Head on over to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So the Cardinals have finalized their coaching staff for 2024. Yes, Ali Marmol is coming back for the final year of his deal. I know some people out there don't like it, and they wish anybody would be the new manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Some of you probably wish Craig Berube was now the manager of the Cardinals, but he's not. He doesn't have a job at all. He's unemployed now after getting fired today. Uh, but anyway, or last night, really, after the game last night. But um, 10 other coaches that were previously on the staff are coming back from last season. Yes, Willie McGee is back, in case you're wondering. Also, pitching coach Dusty Blake and hitting coach Turner Ward, they have come back as well even though some people wanted them fired. Uh, one of the new names that is going to be a part of this staff is former relief pitcher Dean Keekeffer. Now, Lynn Worthy over at stltoday.com wrote uh, a piece about all these updates because I'm not going to pretend to you that I know everything about this coaching staff and who these guys are. Uh, I leave that to the pros who follow the team every single day and are in the in the clubhouse and, and know these guys a little bit better than I do. So Keekeffer, according to lynnworthy.com, 36th, uh, Round draft pick of the Cardinals back in 2010 joins the staff as an assistant pitching coach after he served as pitching coach for single a Palm beach in 2021 and assistant pitching coordinator for player development in 2022 and 2023. He'd been slated to fill the pitching coach job for single a state college in 2020 prior to the coronavirus pandemic, which wiped out the minor league season. The Cardinals have also promoted Daniel DC McClay, to the staff is the Major League Coordinator of Technology and Systems. I know it sounds like it's a made-up thing, but it's not. It's real. It's on his LinkedIn. When I was looking up information about Daniel McClay, the first thing that pops up has nothing to do really with baseball, but his LinkedIn account was the first thing that popped up uh, in the Google machine there. So been with the Cardinals since 2018, first as a performance specialist uh, through 2021, then as a technology integration coordinator for player development in 22 and 23. Again, I'm not making this up. These are actual titles 
that these guys' jobs are. Okay. Uh, they're going to join Daniel Descalso, who we're all familiar with him. He takes over for Joe McEwing, who's been moved up to the front office. And then you got Yadier Molina, who's back as a special assistant to John Mozeliak. Uh Won't be a full-time member, but we've heard that he will be at games uh, during the season. I'm assuming he'll be in the dugout at certain points of the season. Uh, how many times that'll happen, I don't know, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, John Mozeliak quoted as saying this about making additions. Uh, this was back during the uh, winter meetings, actually. He said that staffs are growing throughout the league for the right reason. There's a, a lot of information to go through and figuring out what's simple and auctionable. So, yes, we're counting or continuing to add. We're in the process of that at the moment, but part of it will be on the pitching side to be able to help on the game planning side of the day-to-day -day opposition, advancing the opposition, and also certain things on the tipping side as well that could be monitored. Adding somebody to that department is important. So really what we're getting here is all hands on deck, <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm, I'm good with it. The more the merrier, in my opinion. Uh, you heard that the Cardinals were one of the few teams that hadn't kind of restocked the, the coaching staff after the pandemic. Like, you know, people were, were let go. And they never brought anybody back. Well, they're starting to refill those roles and uh, put them in situations that they think will will benefit the team. Um, anything that you can add to help this team succeed, I'm all in for. I don't care if they're scientists, mathematicians. I don't care. As long as they bring the win column back up to where we're used to, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I know it's, it's very different for, for old school baseball people who – you know, they're used to the, the main guys. You've got an infield coach who teaches infield stuff and you've got an outfield coach. You know what I mean? Like the, the basic guys, but you've got all these other roles now because so much information is available now that not that just a pitching coach can handle it. I know you like to make fun of Dusty Blake and call him Coach iPad and that's fine, but that's just kind of the way the world is working these days and uh, in sports, like they're using analytics for everything. So, um one of the issues I think maybe last year was that Dusty Blake and Turner Ward in their first years with the team were spread a little too thin, that they couldn't cover all the bases and weren't able to do everything that the Cardinals needed them to do or wanted them to do. And hopefully these additions that they brought in will help rectify those situations and things will go a lot smoother in 2024. All right, I've got some thoughts on the uh, Shohei Otani deal. Plus, uh, rumors from around the league that the Dodgers are basically trying to sign everyone, <laughs> like Yamamoto included. Um, apparently, everyone's going to L.A. That's just what's happening. So uh, we'll jump into the, the league news and notes. We'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So what you do is you, over, you go over to the uh, Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. You're on YouTube right now, probably, if you're watching, and uh, subscribe. Just go on over there. Check it out. Be a part of the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So I realized that this time of year, pretty much anything can happen, right? You know, you got players who are getting traded. You got guys signing with new teams. You got players coming in from overseas. So everything's kind of on the table right now. 
But I don't think any of us were all that prepared for what Shohei Otani and the Dodgers just did. Not that he signed with the Dodgers. That was kind of expected. But talking about the deferred money where he is deferring $68 million each season so that the Dodgers can continue to add to the roster and win championships. That's the goal. At first, I was a little bit in shock, like many of you were, when I saw that number posted that he's going to be like technically be paid $2 million is what he would count. Like, I was like, wait, what? You know, um, it felt dirty. It felt wrong. But then as time moved on and I started to look into it a little bit more, I really just became jealous. <laughs> I really just became jealous that the Cardinals weren't able to think of something like this before this went down. Um, and it just shows you Otani's commitment to winning, how bad he wants to win, that he's willing to do something like this. I mean, the guy, let's okay. The guy's rich already. Okay. It's it's this guy. He's got so much endorsement money coming in. I, I think I read it was between 40 and 50 million a year, just in endorsements. You know, it, it's not like he's going hungry anytime soon that he's struggling to get by and that he made this huge uh, sacrifice. <laughs> you know, it's not that. Adding another 70 million per year to his endorsement money as cool as that would be. It just doesn't, it just wasn't important to him. Apparently, winning is what the most important thing to show Hey Otani is. You know, he's been with the Angels for six years and never made the playoffs. You had arguably the two best players in baseball, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on the same team, and they never went to the playoffs. Didn't happen. He just won the World Baseball Classic last year with Team Japan. And I think he enjoyed that feeling. I don't know if you could tell by his reaction after striking out his teammate, Mike Trout, at the time. And he's like, yeah, give me more of that. I need more of that in my life. What do I got to do to have that feeling again? And in a deal that is something that we have never seen before, 10 years, 700 million in the game of baseball, who thought that was coming? Nobody. And this is for a player that we will likely never see again in this sport. I mean, it's, I mean, how many times are you going to find somebody who was a Cy Young candidate and an MVP as a hitter? It just it, he's a unicorn, as as you've heard before. He's a unicorn. Nobody sees this anymore. So it doesn't shock me that they figured out some way to make it work where both sides are extremely happy. And it also set them up to win. Uh, Otani will get paid crazy money until the 2040s. <laughs> And the Dodgers can continue to add to their team and get Otani multiple rings. Uh, we've heard the news today. I haven't seen any breaking news that it's been finalized. But uh, the rumor was that uh, the Dodgers are in hot pursuit of Tyler Glass now from the race. And you continue to hear that they are still a front runner for Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Josh Hader on top of that. Like everybody wants to go there. I mean, if people already were angry and mad at the Dodgers for just the Otani deal, imagine what they're going to be like when the rest of these guys come in, if they come in, because it hasn't been done yet. Still a chance they go other places. But, you know, it, it just makes me jealous. When you've got the funds and you're not afraid to spend it, you do what you think is necessary to, to win a championship and bring one home. Does this mean the Dodgers are guaranteed to win it? Absolutely not. 
it does not mean that. I think a lot of us felt the same way last year when we saw the amount of money that the Mets were spending to bring guys in like Scherzer and Verlander. They only got like six Cy Young Awards between the two of them. They had them and Kodai Senga. Remember, they brought him in too. And look how that turned out. It didn't work out. Sometimes you build these super teams and it it doesn't happen. It just doesn't click and things go wrong. Um, it, it just makes me jealous. It makes me jealous. I wish the Cardinals could do things like this. Um, as far as what the Cardinals are being mentioned, um, as far as free agents and trades and stuff right now, not really much. Um, there it's been pretty quiet. Uh, we know they want to continue to add to the bullpen. That's no surprise. The guys they brought in so far, not going to move the needle for anyone. Doesn't mean that they stink. But when I tell you, if I told you two weeks ago that their pickups for the bullpen, were going to be Ryan Fernandez and Nick Robertson. You'd be like, who, what, what is that? Some of you may still be feeling that way and it's fine. They're not household names. That's okay. Um, but I'm okay with those additions as well, because how many times have you watched a game? The Cardinals are playing somebody and the other team brings in a guy or two from the pen who look really good. And you wonder like, where the heck did they get this guy? And how come the Cardinals can't seem to find guys like this? Well, that's what they're trying to do here. They're, they're hoping to strike gold with Ryan Hernandez and Nick Robertson. And, uh, you know, from things that I've read and heard, um, the opinions on uh, people who are very well-known and trusted in the industry, they love what Ryan Fernandez and Nick Robertson bring to the mound. And hopefully they become significant pieces for the bullpen this year. Just because they don't have to pay him a ton of money and just because they're not named Josh Hader doesn't mean they're not any good. You just don't know yet. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. You might call them low-hanging fruit if you want. Um but we got to wait and find out. We don't know. Uh, other talk around the league has been about, remember NL Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell? Remember that guy? Kind of been lost in the shuffle with all the Otani and, and Yamamoto stuff. Um, been linked to the Mets. That's been kind of the latest update there. The thought is the Mets would pivot to Snell if Yamamoto doesn't choose them which is something that I think a lot of these teams who are just kind of waiting on whether or not Yamamoto is going to pick them or not. I think a lot of them will pivot to other guys uh, around the league who are free agents right now and trades, you know, when, uh, when Yamamoto decides it's going to affect everybody else's interest in the next grouping of pitchers. So uh, Blake Snell, former Cardinal Jordan Montgomery, obviously will, will get more attention then. That's why you haven't heard much about them. Uh, then it'll trickle down to other guys like Lucas Giolito and uh, Michael Waka, another former Cardinal, Marcus Stroman. Uh, then you've got the trade guys still out there. Dylan Cease, uh, Glasnow, who we just talked about, Shane Bieber, Corbin Burns. I mean, these are big names that are going to be available. And these teams who strike out on Yamamoto are going to be like, all right, what do we got to do to get one of these guys now? And then things are going to be moving all over the place. You're going to see a lot of shifting and probably some deals done. Uh, there's a piece on MLB.com by Thomas Harrigan who uh, is predicting where these players will go. Um, some of the big name guys. He's got the Red Sox as a good fit for Jordan Montgomery. We've heard a lot of talk about the Rangers being a, a perfect place for Jordan. I don't know why he would want to leave the Rangers unless he got like a silly contract from somebody else. He looked pretty darn comfortable in Texas. But uh, Aragon says the Red Sox and Montgomery uh, would be a good fit. 
says the Sox are scheduled to meet with Yamamoto, but assuming the Japanese ace opts for the bright lights of New York or L.A., as we expect he will, Montgomery would make sense as a fallback option. The industry expectation, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan, is that Montgomery will land a contract in the range of Patrick Corbin's six-year 140 uh, deal with the Washington Nationals. Uh, he's got the Angels and the Giants as the best fit for Snell, saying the Angels are among the teams engaged in the trade market for one of the pitchers with one year of team control remaining. But given the current makeup of their big league roster and their farm system, which lost two key prospects when they traded for Lucas Giolito and, and uh, Reynaldo Lopez at the trade deadline last year, um, they say he says that yeah, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, as for the Giants, he points out that although they did make a move to land center fielder uh, Jung-Hoo Lee on a six-year contract, that their roster still needs a lot of work. Logan Webb, obviously very good at the top of their rotation, uh, but the rest of the club's rotation kind of up in the air. Uh, Alex Cobb, who was pretty good for him, uh, hip surgery, so he's going to miss part of the upcoming season. Their top prospect, Kyle Harrison, uh, breakout candidate, but he's got just seven career starts under his belt. Anthony DiSclefani has been injured. He always is. Uh, so they got some issues in San Francisco, and they're trying to bring in star power. They just can't seem to get people to come there. Uh, Snell would obviously be a, a nice fit in that San Francisco rotation. Uh, as far as uh, Dylan Cease, he's got the Orioles and the Cincinnati Reds as uh, two very good fits for them because of all the prospects they have that they can trade away to uh, to get Cease out of Chicago and still not affect their uh, everyday roster that much. On the Reds, he, he likes their rotation. Hunter Green, he says, electric stuff, just 24. Andrew Abbott, 24, showed promise as a rookie. Nick Lodolo's 25, strong rookie season before injuries got him. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is going to be 26 in February. Uh, they also sound are signed uh, Nick Martinez, who was a guy that uh, you know we thought the Cardinals might be interested in, who had a solid year with the uh, Padres. So um, th they seem like good fits for Dylan Cease. Unfortunately, we'd love to see him as a Cardinal, but um, I don't know if the prospects are going to line up right. Uh, he's got the Cubs as a good fit for Tyler Glass now, but the uh, Dodgers uh, again the big rumor today apparently sniffing around a trade for him and outfielder Manuel Margot. Uh, according to Ken Rosenthal, the Dodgers are discussing a trade in which they would get glass. Now Margot from the race for right-handed pitcher, Ryan Pepiot or Pepiot. I think it's Pepiot and uh, outfielder Johnny DeLuca, but the changes are possible. There's probably going to be some kind of money exchange. So there was also even a rumor that Randy Rosarena could end up in LA as well. That, that was something that, that got brought up. So who knows, but, the Dodgers aren't screwing around, man. It's um, it's kind of it's kind of their world right now, and we're all just living in it at the at the moment. At the moment, again, not guaranteed they're going to win a World Series because of all these moves, but the odds are good if you're going to go uh, to let's say Fanduel and put a bet on a, a baseball team winning the championship this year. I bet the odds for the Dodgers are pretty darn good. Uh, anyway. Got to wrap it up. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe on YouTube, help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.